next installment of the SUS News Podcast Series, where we interview newsmakers and discuss the news and applications relevant to the global unmanned technologies community. I'm your program host, Patrick Egan, and as always, let's say hello and welcome to our co-host, Mr. Gene Robinson. Hello, Patrick. Uh, Today, I will be testing out my new baritone speaking voice, courtesy of some laryngitis that I picked up this weekend, so don't mind me. Hey, you know, like I said, it doesn't even sound like you're from Texas anymore. I don't get it. <laughs> oh, no. We know you're still there in spirit, and, um, you know, we'll go from there. So, you know, it's May, and you know what May means, right, for, for, for the podcast and for us, Gene. So it was May 9th, 2012, that we did the first podcast on the SUS News Podcast Series. Six years. Six years. Wow. Crazy. And then we're going to get in the Wayback Machine and go even further back. Back to May 16th through 19th, 2005. Reno, Nevada. ASTM F-38. That's when the first time we met in person. Remember that? Just kind of fly when you're having fun. And wasn't that when you were, I like to tell the mutton chop story. We're wearing the mutton chops because you were just you didn't exactly just, uh, right. You were an extra in uh, in in the Alamo, talking about Texas. Well, actually, I, I was an armorer in the Alamo. I, I taught all those yabos how to uh, fire those weapons. So a little bit more than a than a extra in the deal. Although I did get in the movie a couple of times, and I did get a movie credit for it. So yeah, it was fun. <laughs> well, it was, you know, as I thought it was just when I first met you, it was like this, you know, he's taking this Texas thing just a little far, the mutton chops <laughs> and all the rest of that. But uh, no, there was a purpose. But yeah, that's, that's a, so that's, you know, that's today's way back, uh, way back May time frame, 13, 13 years and six years. Wow. Wow. Crazy. I know that's that's pretty uh, that's pretty crazy. We should do a, a, an anniversary show, but uh, you know, I just thought I would bring that up to the listeners and kind of uh, when I realized that it all dawned on me, I was like, man, we've been doing this for a long time. Um, I think even before Best Buy was selling drones. You were correct, sir. A week or two before Best Buy was selling drones. All right. Well. Um, you know, without further ado, let's bring on our uh, our guests, Mike Dizak and Mike Hogan. And both of these gentlemen uh, are going to come on, and, and today what we're going to talk about is what we always do, is trying to get uh, better data, higher quality data. And uh, we're going to talk about, uh, as I put in the description, about trying to get more treasure out of mapping. So without further ado, let's introduce these two gentlemen. Maybe uh, Mike Dizak, you could go first to kind of introduce yourself, who you are, and how you got into um, small unmanned aircraft systems. Sure. Well, uh, to be honest, I think it was a lot of dumb luck on on my part, and I think um, I think Mike Hogan, who will be speaking today, well, he, he he was tired of of organizing trade shows and coordinating marketing activities, so they had to find somebody with uh, that skill set. And uh, my background was always in marketing, communications, uh, advertising, PR. And I worked for uh, a large HVAC, heating, ventilation, and air conditioning company, uh, doing the whole marketing ball of wax and got contacted by 
uh, uh, someone that said they're starting up a uh, office in the United States for a drone company. And I said, I'm all ears. That sounds really exciting. Uh, I've been here for two years now, and it's a lot of fun. Um, we're, we're developing new technology and new marketing to support it, establishing relationships out in the field, and the time is flying by really fast. So, and you're probably learning a lot. I am absolutely. It's uh, every day you go to work and you're interacting with these people who are developing amazing things. That you know, when I was a kid, you're gonna tell tell me that a drone is gonna fly around and do productive things and it's going to start to become almost commonplace and uh, i'd say you're it's hard to envision that but uh, here we are today i know i know that's crazy mr hogan could you please give us a little yeah. bio and how you got involved? sure no, no yeah no problems i think the reason mike didn't actually tell the whole truth on why he was hired the only reason we hired him because his name was mike you had to have mike to work for for microdrones um <laughs> Uh, by way of education, uh, my education is in civil engineering, and uh, I have a master's degree in, in geomatics. And uh, it's really one of the, the key passions uh, of my life is, is working in that in that area. But uh, prior to getting into small uh, SUAS, I was uh, spent almost 22 years in the Royal Canadian Air Force. Um, I did various jobs from uh, you know civil engineering, uh, construction type work. Uh, I got into mapping which really, really was something that has been, you know, be behind everything I do right now. And then about eight years be before the end of my career with the, with the Air Force, I got into working in intelligence. And as part of it was really working with drones, so not the, the UAS, but not the, the, the small kind, but the large kind. Uh, so I've got a lot of experience there um, and actually worked on a program to do the, on the developing the team to do the analysis of the data uh, for the Royal Canadian Air Force. Um, so finally, in 2014, not, don't go back as far as you guys do. Uh, I got into the into the business where I got to bring together uh, drones and uh, geomatics or mapping, and bring those things together and actually uh, work in the on the civilian side uh, with it. So that's kind of a little bit of my history. Well, that's uh, cool because you got uh, a little bit of a. Um let's say education in the realities of remote sensing, which I think, um, you know, a lot of people lack when they got into the small UAS thing. Now for disclosure, both you guys work for micro drones, correct? Correct. And, um, you know, you guys are advertisers, but I just figured for full disclosure, we would bring that, uh, we would just mention that. But anyway, beyond that, so, you know, like I said in the beginning, I wanted to talk about data. Um, and one thing that we're, we're seeing, and I've, I've kind of been, you know, banging this drum for a few years, and I'm sure professionals in the field, you probably see the same thing, is really, uh, you know, if the, we've heard this new platitude, data is the new oil, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, is it like, you know, uh, light, sweet, crude, Silicon Valley snake, um, you know, what, what kind of, what grade of uh, oil that we have here. And my car doesn't run on oil. It runs on gasoline. So it's kind of a refined thing. When, and we're also seeing um, the, let's say, fees that people are charging seem to be going down. And uh, the only remedy that I can really see to that is better quality data. Um, so that's kind of, how, you, you no, know, what do you, sure. how, how do you guys think about that? What do you think about that, Mr. Hogan? No, I think I think for sure. And you know, it's funny you mentioned like uh, 
you know, how it was before everybody kind of got into this, this business. And, um, you know, I'm going to go buy a drone. I'm going to, uh, I, you know, start uh, printing money. Uh, you know, I have a drone now. I can, I can, I can do it. Right. Like it was kind of, I, I still haven't found the, the printer, the money printer underneath the drone. Uh, but this is kind of part of the challenge. Uh, and one of my colleagues calls it the wild, wild west, really, uh, of the geospatial world right now. Uh, we have all kinds of people that, with good intentions, getting into the business, but maybe don't necessarily understand what's happening in the background. Drones actually have revolutionized a lot of things we do when collecting data. But as far as all the processes, um, it's all the same thing. You know, if you collect bad data, then you get you know bad results out of out of it in the end. Uh, so I think that you know after we get through all the excitement. Uh, we're back to to looking at the the whole basics of of the of how, why we uh, why we collect this data and and looking at uh, you know based upon there not just the the systems but the entire process or workflow uh, that we go through and that's one of the challenges that we face is thinking right. the planning of the mission all the way into what you're trying to achieve uh, for for that mission. Right. Well, see, I think that might have been your problem that you were trying to print the money. I'm just 3D printing my <laughs> nuggets, you know, the gold nuggets, and uh, I cut out the middleman, you know. But uh, yeah, no, I think a lot of people thought, like, you know, I mean, in the be- in in the beginning, you know, <laughs> we're getting uh, in the wayback machine, you know, farm drones and and you know these yeah. these hype claims, like you know, the drone, you just press one button and the drone was going to do everything. And you could be like, you know, sipping a, a martini or something while the drone was doing all of the work and, uh, you know, you wouldn't have to do anything. And that's anybody who spent any time out in the field uh, has probably learned the hard way that, uh, you know, there's, I don't know, that old adage about wish in one hand and stuff in the other. And, uh, you know, trying <laughs> get in the middle of that and get the reality of things. And, um, you know, that's, that's been hard. I know like Gene, you know, Gene's got, uh, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, do you know any experts? I say, yeah, I do Gene Robinson because Gene's been out in the field for uh, many years working with this technology possibly you'd like to share some insights about that gene and and the quality of of data. Not, not only that, uh, you know, for, for 19 years, I was an alpha geek. I was a database programmer. So, uh, you know, we kind of grew up, or I kind of grew up with the old saying, G-I-G-O, garbage in, garbage out. And, uh, you know, I've got to say that that applies to drones as well. And my baritone voice is already given out on me. I haven't even got talking yet. But, um, you know, that's been been a, a problem all along. And, you know, one of the things that drones are good at is they collect so much data. And you got to get down to that one, you know, as you say, nugget that is the the picture that tells whoever your receiver is on the other end everything they need to know. And how do you distill that that down? Do you guys have any any insights on the distillation process of that? Yeah, sure. I think it's a, you know, and it's it's key that you make that. You call it distillation. Uh, what I call it is we're taking all this data, we're trying to transform it into information or knowledge, right? At the, you know, at the beginning, you have a question. I think the biggest challenge we face, Gene, is people don't know the question they want to ask or they don't know the answer that they want from it. So defining requirements, defining what you're trying to achieve is part of the whole problem uh, that we go into. Oh, yeah. So what we look at it is more from a, a complete system perspective. We start at asking, okay, 
What are you trying to get out? What's the answer you want to achieve? And then from there, we can back our way out and figure out what the question is we want to ask. And then what data we can collect. And then how do we transform that data into to useful information? But the key parts of it, and you talk about automation and these things happening, is remembering that there's still people in, you know, unmanned is really meaning that there's no one on board the drone. There's still a lot of people on the ground <laughs> doing things and, and doing with us. So having the key personnel, you know, that understand what to do with that data is probably the biggest part that I see uh, that's potentially missing with some people. Well, yeah, then, you know, and go ahead, Gene. I was just going to say that, that a lot of times you, you kind of have to tease that out of them. You have to tease what, what they're looking for out of them before you can actually provide them with anything that's reasonable as far as the data is concerned. You have to kind of be a little bit of an investigator and a little bit of an interrogator to, to get them to tell <laughs> you sure. what they need. Yeah. No, for sure. And that's where we spend a lot of time talking to people, trying to find out. We don't, you know, we say forget about the technology for a minute. Just explain to us what you want or explain to us how you're doing things now. And then based upon that, then we can say, okay, well, based upon how you do it now, here's maybe a different way you could use a drone to collect that information, collect that data to do it. So it definitely uh, it's a big part of our week, our consulting business that we look at it is asking those questions. Right. And I mean, the other thing is, is, uh, you know, you kind of, I always thought that drones added to existing businesses in the sense that it was kind of another tool in the toolbox. And I, and I, you know, I'm, I'm going to assume that you guys agree with that. So, I mean, you're, you were already used to using other tools to collect this data, correct? hundred percent. Yeah. I agree with that statement. Yeah. It's uh, you know, really the drone is just another, another way to get it from our perspective. Right, and you know, when when early on, uh, I'd met a GIS guy, and this was this was probably I think this was probably prior to 2007, and the guy that was a winery up here in the hills of Sierra Nevadas, California. Oh, come on out! You know, I want to geo-reference each one of these rows. You know, and it's funny. I was talking to a guy about it this morning, and I go out there, and it's like on a mountainside, um, and there's trees on both sides, and they cut out the clear swath, high power transmission lines running up the mountain and the vineyards right into this and the wind's just whistling <laughs> up the mountain and the guy's like, well, geez, you know, or the data's not good because the thing's, you know, bouncing all over the place. I'm like, could you, could you pick a spot that'd be any more difficult to fly than this? You know? Uh, <laughs> so it's not it's always, always like that. It's always the worst place in the world to fly. I know. Well, you know, and you drive an hour to get there and you're looking around and you're like, Oh my God, you know, this, this is crazy. I can't fly in here. But anyway, uh, you know, it's a, the, the moral of that story is, is that uh, the drone is not really the tool for every job. Depending right. upon so, you know, your class B airspace, not the tool for the job. <laughs> No, it's I like I like that because it, and I think we think alike that way because um, I, although we you know we're working the drone business we're not trying to uh, I've, I think I've told people not to use drones uh, more than to use them <laughs> in a lot of it because it just didn't make sense uh, for what they one guy wanted to put a speaker on it on a drone to be able to talk to someone and I said is it like do they work for your company yeah I go why don't you use just a radio then. <laughs> the team, they just seem to kind of start thinking for a drone for some reason to to talk to people. Anyways, it's uh, that was that was me, Mike. You can tell. That was yeah, it was Mike. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we hired Mike. Got crazy ideas. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, there was a hype thing where these things were magical and they were going to do everything. But the reality of it is, you know, it's not, um, you know, in in certain applications, it's like having a screwdriver or, you know, trying to drive screws with a hammer. You can do it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's not efficient. It may not look pretty. So, you, you know, you can use a screwdriver. But... Uh, the other thing with that is too, and, and we've we've kind of you know touched on that is the the data part of it. So you know you go out and it was the same thing. I you know, I'm used to collect tons of data, tons of it. Then you got all this data. What do you do with it? What's relevant? How are you going to use it? Is it all good? Is some of it bad? You know uh, some of the optimum conditions for collecting this data and whatever else or that. You know let's say. The field process and then coming back and, and analyzing the data. Um, in your field, are, are, you, are you really starting to hone in on what's working and what's not working? Yeah, I, th- I think so. And we've, you know, we've taken a lot of cues really from, the, from manned aviation um, in the mapping business. Uh, there's technologies that, that we've implemented onto our systems that Aren't, isn't, aren't things we're developing, all that's been done now is from a form factor, brought it down to fit onto a drone. So we're trying to find those efficiencies um, in order to collect, da- you know, be more efficient on collecting, collect the least amount of data that's required to do the job from there. So if we look at a simple mapping job, you know, you want to be able to adjust for terrain, right? You want to make sure that you can have a, a, a consistent footprint on the ground. You want to be able to have good steady flight and you want to have the right sensors on board so that you can actually process that data a lot more efficiently. And that's kind of how, how we, 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 we looked at it. So is collect the right data to make the processing more efficient uh, to go through it. That makes sense. Now, the other, you know, and, and I tell people this too, you know, earlier on I was talking about, uh, you know, how the, the fees are kind of, uh, let's say, coming down, you know, uh, a few years ago, people were getting a thousand dollars to do a video of a cell phone tower. You know, now they're getting three hundred and fifty dollars. You know, yes, there's more competition. Gene and I saw this in the early two thousands. You remember that, Gene? When when you were like the 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 lone guy out there, and you could charge whatever you want, and the competition started coming in. Yep, that's a fact. It sure did work out that way, didn't it? Yeah, and it, uh, I was doing the same deal. I could get $2,000 for, you know, whatever work. And then, you know, people are, oh, I'll do it for $100. You know, you're like, what are you, crazy? But I think yeah. that what separates the, um, you know, let's say the, the pros, you know, is, is that you have, you carry liability insurance. You know, you have workman's comp insurance. You have liability, you know, commercial on your vehicle, blah, blah, blah. If you're going to go out to a job site, um, also the quality of the data is really where I think the rubber is going to hit the road. And I call it, you know, there's, I have this concept of three different kinds of data. You have the artistic, you have commercial where you're selling stuff, cars, TV, whatever. And then the third and most profitable is going to be, um, what I like to call regulatory grade data, something that's based on a, almost a scientific process, repeatable, and, uh, would indemnify you from either regulatory action or lawsuits. And that's, I think if you can get up to that and you develop your own proprietary process or, or, or processes repeatable and you can get to that, that's how you're going to make money with drones. I don't, I don't think it's going to be the real estate shoots. Agree, disagree. No, I, I agree. And that's the, you know, we've really focused, you know, our business and what we want to do is really on that professional market. 
Um, you've already mentioned it. You know, anyone can go buy a drone from Best Buy. Um, and they're great systems. I'm glad people are using those systems and find those systems. But when it comes to the what we kind of classify professional work, we look at the survey mapping world as those professionals. That number one, their basic understanding of the geospatial world is there. That's ingrained into their business. They have existing clients that are looking for products, you know, be it a, a map, be it, you know, data for their GIS or information for their GIS, uh, you know, a, a elevation model, all that stuff that it's there, that core knowledge is already, you know, backed up and they have the, you know, they're also probably licensed surveyors. Uh, they're like, you know, they're also potentially uh, photogrammetrists that are qualified by the ASPRS. All this is actually what we're seeing, what I've seen kind of is weighing out the difference. So, the, the, the value of your data or your information um, is there because of those people that are in the background uh, for producing it, not necessarily in the drone itself. Do you know, does that make sense? Uh, yeah. And, and I think the other thing too is, I mean, it, it's kind of, the story is kind of leaked out, you know, there's, there's cell phone apps where, you know, like you can be a drone mapper. And I have a little uh, joke that I talk about that, you know, yeah, yeah, I used a cell phone app and, you know, my neighbor built a fence on my property and I'm going to court. I'm taking that, <laughs> you know, good low life dog to court. And you get up there in front of the judge and the judge says, well, where's your evidence? Your honor, right here on my cell phone. Look, says right here. This guy's on my property. I don't think that's going to stand up. Uh, you know, because I don't have, I'm, I'm not a surveyor. And in most states, uh, you have to have, you know, you take a test, it's a licensed position, you have a stamp, you verify the uh, the accuracy of the, the map that you've created or the survey that you've done, and that will stand up in court. Are, are you guys uh, seeing any of, no, any of that? that? That's the same, you know, we the same thing. Our, the, the people that we, and we see that actually when we talk to some of our clients, that, you know, sometimes they're competing against those guys that go out and are, you know, they're, they're duping their customers by saying, we're going to provide you with this. And then they, you know, all of a sudden they start to get asked the question because they're in construction. They're, you know, they get, they get asked kind of technical questions and they have no idea how it works. So those guys are disappearing, uh, you know, or they're, they're modifying their, their business by adding the right people in it. But for sure, it's, a, it's always a challenge uh, for us. But I think that, you know, if we stick with the professional that understand the, the, like you said, you talk about the regulations. It's not just regulations for flying. It's regulations for surveying or regulations for mapping or requirements. It's the same professionals that we deal with that will end up uh, coming through that noise uh, that's out there. Right. right. Well, and, and that's another thing with, uh, you know, people. And I, I'm not deriding the, the best, bone dr- best buy drone buyer, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, I, I have a construction background and I've had projects of my own come down to, you know, uh, proximity of property lines being within a half inch <laughs> and the project had to be like redesigned and rebuilt, you know, um, uh, or, you know, uh, compaction issues and there was tractor work too close to, uh, you know, proposed foundation, blah, 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 you know, and these are, this is by short distances, you know, when you're talking about a half an inch and, and thousands of dollars, uh, you know, you have to know what you're doing. So <clears throat> I don't think that people really, you know, that aren't, let's say, uh, professionals in certain fields uh, understand, let's say, the nuances of what's going on. Um, right. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about, too, is so you guys are, you know, you're doing the geo-referencing, you're using uh, LIDAR and whatever else. Um, 
Let me ask you about how you're running your program. You know, that, this is another thing. So you go, oh, they buy, they buy a drone and they fling it in the truck and, you know, ride around with it. And it doesn't seem like they really, uh, let's say, treat it like something that's going to be carrying a uh, multi-thousand, tens of thousand dollar sensor. Do you see this? And, and, and what kind of uh, program are you running? Is it more of like an aviation, like a 135 type thing? How, how are you running your drone program? If you don't well, mind me we, yeah, no, for sure. And I think that, uh, you know, we base it upon, um, like, internal to micro drones. What we do is we obviously have a, a, um, a core of training uh, pilots and, and the like. And our business is really, if you look at it, the people we're hiring are actually aviators. They've either flown helicopters or commercial pilots or, or whatever. They have that aviation background. Um, so from their perspective, how they try and, educate or train is always focused on uh, as a fleet or as an aircraft, which is a little bit different than, you know, you, you know, working with your, your half ton truck. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you have to realize that, that aircraft are built to be light. Um, you know, they, and they're, they're sensitive to, uh, to not being treated well uh, from there. Um, so this is something that's definitely within how we look at our business is from an aviation perspective to start with. And making sure that when we do our training for our clients, that the focus is always around that. That you're in that third dimension, it's crucial uh, to follow the same principles of any aviation program that's out there. Yeah, damn physics. Every time wins. <laughs> but, um, well, and I'm sure that makes your insurance guy happy. Um, but I have seen, you know, I have witnessed let's say demonstrations where people are like, yeah, we couldn't get the such and such LIDAR sensor. That's, you know, $70,000 and they have a crash, you know, I'm like, thank the good Lord. You couldn't get it, you know, or you'd be uh, (laughs) staring down the barrel of a, you know, really fat bill one. And you'd look like uh, you were a chowder head, but uh, you know, beyond that, I think the industry is growing up. And I do think that, you know, I'm hearing more and more what you're saying. It's like, hey, we're going to treat these. We have a maintenance program. We have a log. We're logging the changes we're making. Uh, we are treating them like we're working in the third dimension. And not only, you know, your, your credibility of your business, but also your capability of being able to deliver the product that you've contracted to do, right? No, I think that's right. And that's what we're seeing. It's, it's, you know, realizing that, you know, you just, you can't run a system at a hundred percent. Maybe you have to have backup depending on the size, you know, if you have a fleet, you know, having the right to mention before having the right tool for the job. Um, you know, if you have, if you say, if you have a, all you have is a hammer, then everything looks like a nail. So having, you know, having a, having a camera or a LIDAR or, you know, I'll even say having a fixed wing drone compared to multi-rotor drone. Like I think it's always about having the right tool for the job. Uh, doing it and uh, then you're I think you're going to start to be more successful maybe everybody won't be every company won't be able to go down that that line but the ones that do we're going to start to see some you know the really good success uh, coming from them yeah I think it's gonna I I think that's gonna happen so you know and then finally so you know you've you've got this uh, drone you've added it to your workflow your your program uh, you know it's the tool in the toolbox you know what does fully integrated mean to you from our perspective and from my perspective, what it means is uh, helping you define requirements, helping you plan missions based on those requirements, executing those missions, 
uh, based on those, you know, based on the, the planning, and then taking that data, transforming it into useful information. So that whole workflow that, that allows you to, to provide the answer that you need uh, to support your business. That's what we kind of call integrated. If you're missing any part of that, then we wouldn't classify that as an integrated solution. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, I think it's a good way to approach things, uh, again, to maximize the investment. It is a bit of an investment. And, and, and you alluded to that when you were talking about the process and the people. It's not just buying the drone. Um, <laughs> it is. That's kind it's of the hardware, right? It's a, that's, everybody thinks that buying the hardware is the uh, expensive part. But when you look at it from a program perspective, it's probably your, your human investment that's going to be your most expensive part in the whole business. So you're right. not just investing in hardware. You're investing in a, in a, in a whole program. Right. And if you think you're going to get off for a thousand bucks, it's just not happening. Um, that's you can try. You, you can try. But yeah, that's a hard <laughs> sell to people. They're, well, the drone only, co-. yeah, well, you know, you got to have somebody that knows what they're doing, knows what they're, you know, collecting, build a process. I've, I've had to deal with it before uh, myself or people trying to push you to do things with them that you don't feel safe. It's like, look, you know. Go get that other guy on Craigslist, you know, because I'm not doing that. Yeah. So yeah. there's a little bit, and there's a delicate dance too. I don't know if you guys are no, doing it is. that, but I, no, I, I talked to. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Well, I talked to people, and they say, well, you know, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job. And I said, well, you know, well, why is that? And they say, well, you know, I. I convinced my boss to get this drone program going and, and then they're, you know, I can't use it here and I can't use it over there. And they thought I was going to be able to use it everywhere. And I go, well, yeah, it's kind of the potential and the reality thing. And then you have the regulatory thing and it's a fine line, you know, nobody likes to hear no, but it's a fine line between, um, you know, let's say giving up on the whole program and being, uh, profitable and everything else. It's a, it's a delicate mix. I mean, are, are you guys finding uh, that to be the same thing or? Well, for sure. And I think that, you know, you have to really look in perspective though, right? Like how many years now have we actually had in the U S you know, we have regulations now, right? We do have a program that's set mm-hmm. up. So we've kind of come a long way in a relatively short period of time. So I think, you know, I always look at it from, there's a few barriers in, into the, to the drone business. Um, the first one is the regulatory one, which you mentioned, but I think it's getting better. Like, you know, in most countries it's being developed, but is it ideal? No, not yet. But as businesses, as the pressure comes there, this will improve. Um, the, the second one, I think you've talked about it already, is the barrier of operating a system that's flying. Yes, you can, you know, push a button. They're easy to fly. But at the end of the day, you're still in that third dimension. And how are you going to manage or deal with emergencies and, and the like that you go through that? That's a big one. Um, and the other barrier I always say to people is, is uh, what are you going to do with the data? We've talked about this already. Like, how are you going to, you know, sell that data or manage that data? And the last one I always come back is, do you have any clients? <laughs> do you have a business that you can actually, you know, like you said, add this onto? If you're just going out and trying to sell it, you're going to have a hard time. You're going to be mad at me at the end if I sell you a system and you don't have any clients. Uh, so those are my, my, my barriers of entry uh, when I look at the drone business. Well, the customers, Debbie Downer over here. What do you mean, yes, customers? <laughs> Jeez. All right. Yeah, well, no, I, it's, it's true. Simple, uh, <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, I talk to a lot of people. They go out and they bought $40,000 worth of drones, the new truck, they got the graphics and everything. I'm like, well, you know, who are you working for now? Well, I don't have anyone. 
<laughs> say, well, uh, uh, okay, uh, you know. But anyway, yeah. you know, you don't. I've, I've tried to, you know, learn how to put a filter on and go, you know, not call them like, well, what were you thinking? But anyway, uh, interesting conversation. <laughs> I think there were some good insights in there. Let me just say, um, you know, do you guys have a website where listeners can get more information about what you're doing uh, and how you guys are doing? Sure. Sure, www.microdrones.com, um, and you can see all the solutions that we have there. And you know, it's uh, we have a team that's worldwide, so it's very easy to communicate with us through that site, and and someone will get back in touch with you from whatever area that you're calling from or, or writing in from. Well, that sounds excellent. I'd like to thank you, gentlemen, for being on. That um, was a good conversation. And uh, Gene, I'd like to thank you for for hanging in there and being the uh, Co-host the second banana for six years, crazy. I know it. I know Can't it. Believe it. Well, it's, you know, it didn't help. <laughs> hopefully, we'll be here for another six years. Again, thank you, gentlemen. Yeah. Thank you. Very thank much. you very much for having us. All right. Have a good day, and we'll see everyone next time. Adios. <laughs>